Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. Join me for a two-day teaching on the subject of maturity and prayer, how the two go together. The first thing that God asks for when we get born again is not prayer, but studying His Word, and that is the foundation for a successful Christian life, but also for successful prayer. Join me today and tomorrow as we talk about maturity and prayer. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. I want to welcome you again to Student of the Word right here on the broadcast. We're going to be taking up today the power of prayer and understanding the foundation for prayer, which is really spiritual maturity. I want you to open with me Matthew chapter 11. We're going to take a look at verse 28 and verse 29 here in just a moment. I'm teaching from my series called Prayer. In this, I get into New Testament prayer versus Old Testament prayer. And the same thing I'm dealing with today, and that is the foundation for prayer being the knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. There's many biblical prayers found in the Word of God. Of course, they'd be biblical, but the point of it is, is prayer is widely discussed today. It's a subject that found in churches. Pastors preach on it. Teachers teach on it. But more ignorance and unsound teaching surrounds the subject of prayer than most any other subject found in the Word of God. And we're just going to simply explain it today, take you what the Word of God has to say to make your prayer not just something you throw up into the air hoping it's going to get heard and answered, but something you know that is prayed according to the Word of God. And if it is, you will have the petition that you desire from God. I want to thank all of you who have called in, written in, commented on the broadcast coming out. And again, I want to thank you for just your support, financial support, but also just the fact you're telling other people about the broadcast. Thank you so much for it. Have one here from Paola. And she says, thank you. This is the right word for me, exactly what I need. Well, I'm going to tell you something about the word of God. It's exactly what everybody needs. But, you know, God can take one subject I'm teaching, like this one today on prayer, and God can take something I mention, and the Holy Spirit can divide it up a number of ways for people watching. You know, this is recorded in advance, but God knows exactly what day this is going to show, exactly who's going to be watching, and God can take that and just simply break it up. I've had people come up to me after a sermon and say, Pastor Bob, and they'll start telling me what the sermon meant to them, something they learned from the sermon. And I'm nodding my head and smiling, but all the time I'm thinking inside, that is not what I taught at all. How did you get that out of the sermon I just preached? And the Holy Spirit reminds me that if there's a thousand people present, he can take one sermon and divide it up a thousand different ways and bring it into the ears of each person and answer the question they have been looking for. They may come and tell me what I taught on, and I'll tell them, you know, I'll just think in myself, I don't think that's what I taught on, but thank you, Holy Spirit, for taking that word, dividing it up, and giving it to people. I don't know how many sermons I've heard in my lifetime, but you know what? I'll bet you anything, if I'd have gone up and talked to the minister and told him what I got out of that sermon, he might have thought the same thing. How did you get that out of what I taught? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we're going to talk about today when we discuss the subject of prayer and maturity. So at halftime, the announcer is going to come on and tell you how you can have a copy of this flash drive yourself and understand about the power of prayer. All right, we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and verse 29. But before I do, let me just give you some foundations of prayer. 
Again, like I said, prayer is a widely discussed subject in the body of Christ and from the word of God, but most people who enter into prayer don't know what the word of God has to say about it. And pretty much they're just praying according to what they want. And they're trying to manipulate people or anything like that. And prayer is not to manipulate people. We'll find out what prayer is for. And we'll find out how to pray proper prayers and powerful prayers and walk away knowing you have prayed in line with God's will. So again, more ignorance, more unsound teaching surrounds the subject of prayer than most any other subjects found in the word of God. In fact, many people try to elevate prayer over the use of scripture. They would rather pray than study their Bible. So they just pray about everything and thinking that's just a good escape from studying the word of God. I'll just pray and change circumstances when sometimes you don't understand the power of the word of God or the importance of the word of God or the foundations of the word of God that makes prayer what it should be. So most people, again, who seem to be proficient in prayer only are ignorant that their prayers many times contradict the word of God or they just don't care. They'll say, I don't care what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit told me this. Understand this, the word and the Holy Spirit always agree. First of all, the word comes from God. It's called God's word. Next of all, the word is Jesus Christ because why? He is the word. Told in John chapter one, the word became flesh, dwelt among us, and Jesus Christ is even called the word. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer and the power of the word of God. He's the third member of the Godhead. So prayer literally would come from God. It comes from the person of Jesus Christ, who is the word of God, and the Holy Spirit being the power of it. Why would any member of the Godhead contradict another member of the Godhead? All three agree, and so the word agrees with the Holy Spirit. Again, the three members of the Godhead do not contradict each other. What about after salvation? What do we do then? Well, first of all, you're not commanded to pray after being saved, but you are commanded to begin to study God's word. Take a look here. I've had you turn to it. Matthew chapter 11. Look at verse 28 and verse 29. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Those who are laboring, and those who are heavy laden are sinners. Those who have never received Jesus, they're carrying the weight of their life. They're carrying the burdens of their life. They're looking at the contradictions of their life and they don't have an answer and life becomes a burden every day. The first thing Jesus promises is, if you'll put your faith and trust in me, I will give you rest. Secondly though, it doesn't say go to prayer immediately. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The new birth gives us rest, but the next thing we are to do is enter into the word of God. In John chapter eight, verse 31 and verse 32, look at that. Here we have the same thing brought out for Jesus as he was preaching to the multitudes. It says in verse 31 and 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, they just believed in him. They just received him while he was preaching and he knew it by a word of knowledge. He says, if you continue in my word, in other words, you, you got saved by following my word. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. He says, at that point, continue in my word. Then you are my disciples indeed, 
and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. The truth found in your prayers, which is the word of God and scripture and scriptural insight and scriptural uh, following in your prayer will set you free. The things you wanna be free from in life can be set free by prayer, but prayer must line up with the word of God. The truth does not make us free. It's knowing the truth that makes us free. We can't be free just because we have a Bible. We cannot pray just because we have a Bible that is taking out of the pages and putting it into our heart. The truth doesn't make us free, but knowing the truth does make us free. Prayer demands knowledge. Mature believers make the best prayer partners and prayer warriors in the kingdom of God. Knowing the truth makes you an effective person, not only in your Christian living, but also in your Christian prayers. Prayer is not a substitute for studying the word of God. It's a building block to put on the foundation of your understanding of God's word and the scriptures become your power in prayer. Prayer is only one means to put God's power to work. There's quoting the word, there's studying the word, there's standing on the word of God, there's patience in the word of God. Prayer is only one means of putting God's power to work, but just like every other thing that you put to work in your Christian life, prayer must be in line with the word of God. Praying a prayer in line with the word of God will cause heaven's power to work for you, will literally back Satan up in his tracks and demons up back in their tracks, will heal people of sickness and disease, set people in bondage free. All types of things can happen in prayer when you simply pray in line with the word of God. You know, groups in churches solely given to prayer, usually don't believe in the superiority of the word over prayer. And thank God for prayer groups in church, but prayer groups, let me tell you something, if you're not founded on scripture, you can pray all you want to. Somebody might have an idea and come up in prayer about prayer and you're praying, but you're so far out of line with God's word. Prayer is not meant to override people's wills. Prayer is meant to come against the powers that are coming against their wills. It's to come against Satan's blockage. It's to come against Satan's power against them. It's to break the hold of Satan that he has over their mind for the moment so people are free to choose. Oftentimes, people in the world are not free to choose because they're under such bondage of Satan himself. We can stop that bondage for the moment by praying against Satan, taking authority over him, because this is what God has given us. We have been given authority over uh, serpents and scorpions, that's big demons and little demons, and over all the power of the enemy, we have been given that authority, but we can't change people's lives. We can't force people, even through prayer, to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, nor can we force God to save people against their will. I've heard so many people say, Lord, just save the nation, save the nation, cause people to come into your kingdom. He can't do that. That's why he gave us free will. But we can pray the prayer that can stop the free will of people from being blocked. In other words, we can block Satan's blindness over them, Satan's power over them, or Satan's power to simply come and try to betray them or to get them off track. We can pray against all those things so the person stands with a clear conscience before God, I know what I'm doing. If they at that time come against God and say, I don't want him like the thief on the cross, one side of Jesus, that rejected him. On the other side was a man that accepted him. But what happened was every hindrance was removed and they saw clearly what they were supposed to do. One man said yes, one man said no, but God did not force him to say yes and God did not force the other one to say no. He gave them that right. But Jesus on the cross 
there as he was on the cross, was praying for them. In fact, he was praying on the cross, prayed for those that stood in front of them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And later on, a number of them accepted him as Lord and Savior, even after Jesus was already gone, after he had already died. So much of what people say about the Holy Spirit and say the Holy Spirit told them contradicts the word of God. Well, the Holy Spirit told me, one girl in our church came to me one time and said, the Holy Spirit told me not enough people were praying for this presidential election. The right one would have got into office if we had enough people praying. I asked her the question, how many is enough? She looked at me like I landed from some other planet. If the Lord told you, if the Holy Spirit told you not enough people were praying, but didn't give you the proper number, then something's wrong with God. But I have a feeling nothing is wrong with God. I have a feeling you're just simply saying if we had masses of people praying for something, that that's what would cause it to come to pass. Well, I have something above the Holy Spirit or what he told you. It's the word of God. Here's what the word of God has to say about that in Ezekiel chapter 22 in verse 30, I sought for a man among them to make a wall and stand in the gap on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, yet I found no one. You know what God was saying? I just sought for one that would pray and I couldn't even find one that would pray. You don't have to have thousands praying, hundreds of thousands praying. I know one can put a thousand to flight, others can put more to flight, but God says, if I could just find one person that would stand there, I would answer the prayer of one person. He says, but I could not find anyone. So this whole thing about we don't have enough people, God's looking for one person that will stand up, operate by his word of God and operate in maturity. I'll see you right after the break. In Ephesians 6:18, the expanded translation says, praying always at all times with all prayer, different kinds of prayer and supplication, that is praying in the spirit. The prayer flash drive presents a biblical explanation of each type of prayer found in scripture, including praying in the spirit, binding and loosing, the prayer of consecration, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of faith, and many more. The flash drive also includes a series on the power of prayer and the prayers of Paul. In studying the prayers of Paul, you will learn that Paul rarely prayed for his own needs. He mainly prayed for others, especially for believers. The prayer flash drive contains 37 MP3 audio lessons by Bob Yandian, a topical study on prayer. To order the prayer flash drive, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. When you go to prayer, let me tell you this, if you're really depending on the Holy Spirit in your prayer, the first thing the Holy Spirit will do will be to lead you into the Word of God, into truth. And then he'll lead you into prayer. The Word of God says that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. The very first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is guide you into the Word of God to show you how to correctly pray. He doesn't want you just speaking into the air and nothing happened. He doesn't want you wasting your time, but what he will do is say, make your prayers line up with the Word of God. Knowledge of the Word of God is the foundation for the prayer of faith. You say, why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're truly going to pray the prayer of faith, how can you pray the prayer of faith if you don't have scripture or stand in line with scripture? Because again, faith does come by hearing or understanding the word of God. Even the prayer of faith is not always answered at the moment. Most of your prayers you'll find out are answered in the future. We want prayers answered right now. And that's fine when they do, and sometimes that does happen, and I do like to shout and rejoice over that. But many prayers come down the line for two reasons. Number one, God begins to arrange circumstances. But next of all, he wants you to grow in maturity and be mature enough when the prayer answer comes that it won't go to your head. Again, even the prayer of faith is not always answered at the moment. It's answered in the future and sometimes even after we die. Think about this. I prayed that this president would get elected but he didn't get elected. I don't know what happened. Well, listen to this. Later presidents can actually be answers to previous prayers. And I mean, in my in our own country, I've seen, you know, bad presidents, bad presidents, bad, and all of a sudden a good one comes along. And back here with all those bad presidents, we've had people praying, Lord, I don't want them to get it off. I want to, I, I, this is the one we want, the one that lines up with your word, the one that lines up with your will. And that one doesn't get in, but later on a good one does. You begin to see something is that sometimes our prayers are answered later in the future, but never too late. God doesn't answer prayers too late and all hell breaks loose. The whole floor drops out from under you. No, God is simply saying, you hang in there. And when the time comes, I will see to it that the prayer is answered. So even Jesus on the cross, remember he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. His prayer was not answered even before his death. It was after he died that whenever those guards were standing in front of him, I imagine even some of the people standing out there watching what went on, darkness covered the earth, an earthquake came at that time, and the veil was torn from the top to the bottom. People came out of the graves from the Old Testament, walked into town in Jerusalem. I'm sure at that time when they saw and heard all these things that many of them did what this one man did, this one centurion standing in front of the cross, and that was surely this was the Son of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 39, these all died in faith, not receiving the promise. You know what that means? Many of the prayers they made back there in the Old Testament did not come to pass until after they were gone. And let me tell you something else. There's many scriptures in the Bible, even the Old Testament, that have not come to pass yet, but God is faithful. I don't care how long at times, God is not moved by time. He's not moved by the pressures we have in this life. He's moved by one thing, and that is faith in your prayers. And when you add faith to your prayers, established on the word of God, let me tell you what faith is. It's either praying in faith, God's gonna answer it, or even quoting scriptures in your prayer. Paul was the master of this. In Ephesians, 
in Colossians, in other books that he wrote. And in there, he had prayers, but the prayers included the promises of the word of God. One of the most powerful prayers you can pray, if not the most powerful prayer you can pray, is to pray the word of God or pray in line with the word of God. So if you don't quote the word of God, make sure your prayers are in line with the word of God. And this is what will cause them to come to pass. So again, Hebrews eleven thirty nine. they all died in faith, not receiving the promise. You know, some of them that prayed back there, the promise that they prayed for has not yet come to pass. Martyrs are under the altar praying to the Lord, when are you ever going to, you know, finally uh, come and take care of this? When are you finally going to pay the payment on this thing? When are we finally going to see the promises come to pass? And when are we finally going to be rewarded and our enemies destroyed for those who killed us in this earth? And all God lets them know is it's going to come to pass at the right time. And when it does, they'll be shouting and rejoicing. But every day, the reason why it doesn't come to pass and God isn't pouring out his judgment on this entire earth is it's one more day for one more person to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There's going to come a day when it will finally be too late for anybody else to receive Jesus as Savior. And on that day is when all these things are begin to come to pass and God will pour out his vengeance, his judgment on this earth, and those who have been martyred, those who have had terrible things happen to them in life and wonder when God is ever going to settle the score, it will come to pass in those days. Let's talk about types of prayer found in the word of God. I'm going to give you five of them. There's really more than this. There's some that fit between some of these, but I'm just going to give you the five general types of prayer that are found in the Word of God. First of all, let me make sure that you understand this. Accepting Jesus Christ is not necessarily a prayer. We make it a prayer, and hallelujah, there's nothing wrong with that. And we have people pray to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, but the Bible doesn't even say it is a prayer. What you do is you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. This is Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and you accept him as your Lord and Savior. In other words, it's more of just a conversation with God telling him what you're doing rather than praying to him to save you because you don't have to pray for him to save you. He wants to save you. You're not waiting on him. He's waiting on you. He's done everything he can to bring salvation to your front door Jesus Christ has gone to the cross. He's died for you, poured out his life for you, rose from the dead for you, seated in heaven right now with God the Father in his right hand and is there making intercession for you. And right now the intercession he's praying for you is that you'll accept him as Lord and Savior. He prayed this in the garden the day before he was arrested and crucified. And then again, not only praying it in the garden, he continues to pray it in heaven and believers around the earth are praying for people to get born again, sometimes by by name, sometimes just by nations, sometimes the fact that because people's hearts are open, God send missionaries, God send people there because that person, those people over there want to know about you as Lord and Savior, and he will do that. But the point of it is when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it is not necessary to make it a prayer. And even the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul didn't say, pray this prayer with me, although it's wonderful. Again, I had no problem with that. And in meetings, we often have a person pray with him. I've had people pray with me, but understand this, it's not the prayer itself, it's what you do in 
begin the prayer when you open up your life and by faith receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So that's why I'm going to leave out right now the prayer of getting saved because it is not necessarily a prayer. But let's talk about the types of prayer that are found in the Word of God. Number one is fellowship with God. And fellowship with God includes a number of things. Thanksgiving, even though it's praise and worship from our mouth, it's still a form of communication between us and God and we come to him in the name of Jesus, we praise him, we worship him. And so the first type, as believers, one of the first types of prayer that we have is fellowship with God. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We worship him on a daily basis. This isn't praying for people's needs, it isn't petitioning God, it's simply coming before God in a form of thanking him for what he's done for us. Jesus' death on the cross, the giving us of eternal life, the giving of the Holy Spirit to live in us, the giving of the Holy Spirit on us, again, for power and uh, ministry in this earth. We thank God for that. So again, number one is fellowship with God and three general categories of it, you might think of more, is thanksgiving, praise, and worship to God. Number two is petitioning God. These are for our needs in life and we can come before him for our health. In other words, we need healing at the moment or we've had a bad report. We want that bad report to be wrong, and so we begin to pray against whatever that report says. It's kind of like when the children of Israel went in the promised land, they received a report. Which report are you gonna believe? The one from man or the one from God? So they might tell you something, say, well, we found this in your body, and you might you may not say a thing to them, but you go home and you curse that thing in the name of Jesus, because he's given you power over demons, but also over all the works of the enemy. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Next all, it could be a financial need, your petition to God. And how often have we prayed in these cases, Lord, you see the need I have right now. Father, I pray right now for the release of money to come to me. Lord, I need these things. And Lord, it's for giving into the church. It's also for giving into your kingdom, for giving to missionaries. But Lord, also for the meeting of my daily needs here in this life, God is concerned about you and therefore he will bring finances to you. So again, I've had, when I was in teaching in Bible school, so many students, in fact, we, the number of students one year that came from Canada was huge. And they came down here, but all of a sudden the economy went bad, their money began to be devalued, and what they thought would last a year was only going to last about six months. And they couldn't get a job because they weren't citizens. In fact, the only way we let them into this country was they had the money to come, a certain amount. But the certain amount we told them, after a while, they couldn't survive on it in that one year. And so what happened was they went to prayer, and many around them went to prayer also, and they found money coming in, you know, in the mailbox. Uh, people handed them money. Uh, they brought them food put it on the front door, lots and lots of things happened that was supernatural. And it came through a simple prayer to God, Lord, you promised you would supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I quote your word to you and you promised it to me. The changing of situations. Sometimes something's forced and all of a sudden it's like all hell breaks loose against us. We need through a petition to God. Number two, number one was fellowship with God. Number two is petitioning God and we need a change 
of situations. Number three is intercession. Now, intercession has always been seen by people and usually as his heavy prayer, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, but that's not true. Just the word intercession means to pray for someone else. This is not praying for yourself. And oftentimes people finding some financially say, well, I went into heavy intercession. Well, intercession is you standing in the place of someone else. So intercessory prayer is praying for someone else and standing with them either in agreement or they may not know you're standing with them, but what you're praying for them is scriptural. It's built on the foundation of the word of God. Number four is specific prayer. That's God direction and God's will for your life. The fact that here it is, Lord, here's what I'm facing. I need direction. I need guidance in my life. Lord, answer my prayer. I'm going to wait faithfully on you because you promised you would direct my paths. You promised you would be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I'm asking you for light upon my path so that I can find the direction I'm supposed to go in. And how often does this come? Even in financial things, purchasing a house or a car. Loretta and I have had times when the Holy Spirit spoke specifically even to which car to buy and then provide the finances to pay it off early. Only so many things have happened like that, but also for his will for my life. And there's times he's specifically spoken to me through a word of knowledge, showing you what my calling was. Praying in tongues is number five, and this is praying in tongues is for how to pray or for what to pray for. Again, it comes back to knowledge and understanding of the word of God. This has been a blessing. We'll continue this tomorrow. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.